0: The Old Testament reading for the Epiphany of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the head. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The The epistles from Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery is made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations, and it it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise to sing the All in the Unit. Worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Lord Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for today's message, the Gospel from Matthew chapter 2, focusing especially on the following. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? for we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. These wise men from the east have a very special part to play in the Christmas story, which we now draw to a conclusion this day. Epiphany was technically on Friday. But this year our worship committee decided to transfer the occasion to today, so, as I mentioned at the start of the service, we have the custom bulletin covers and so forth. Now, the Magi were not the first to arrive in Bethlehem to see Jesus by any means. In fact, the general implication that we can draw from the various details of the story combined from Luke and from Matthew alike, is that we now have a period of several months after Jesus' birth, which have now elapsed. Jesus and his earthly parents by this time have made it to Jerusalem and back for the 40-day ceremonial redeeming of the firstborn required by the law of God as recorded in Luke 2 and as required in the law. As the reading starts, the Holy Family is back in Bethlehem. For the foreseeable future. Luke in chapter 2 of his book notes the family ends up going to Nazareth shortly after the dedication into the temple. But our events for today fall in between that dedication and their return. It appears that Joseph had been planning to permanently keep his family in Bethlehem. But then the wise men came and everything changed. Now, the visit which the shepherds had paid the Lord in his manger was one thing. No doubt Joseph, being a son of David, knew the importance of that visit. It simply fit the family history of David, who was the shepherd king. So the king of Israel was often called a shepherd in the books of the prophets of old. That Jesus' birth had been heralded by angels was no real surprise to Mary and Joseph, given what they had seen and experienced with angels themselves. But these foreigners, these strangers from a strange land, who came to see Jesus, whoever would have guessed on that visit coming to pass? Certainly the power brokers, the religious elite of Jerusalem, they were caught off guard. Herod didn't know and generally didn't care about births in the little town of Bethlehem, generally speaking. I mean, why would he? He was the most powerful man in Judea. He was the king. Even if the Roman Empire was the ones that guaranteed his kingdom. Then these stargazers from Babylon or thereabouts showed up looking for a new king in Jerusalem. There was no new king that Herod knew of. After all, a little cursory glance at history will tell you that Herod had spent plenty of time eliminating anybody he thought might want to be king while he was still on the throne. Yet this news that a new king had been born, that the stars themselves were proclaiming this abroad, a word which had piqued the curiosity of the Magi enough to Make them wander hundreds and hundreds of miles to check it out. That was something which King Herod was not expecting to run into or to have to deal with. And it wasn't even that there weren't prophecies of the Messiah or such. But, really, Herod thought, who believes such prophecies anyway? It had been hundreds of years since any prophet of note had been around. The power of Rome meant that any potential king would have to go through Caesar anyway. No, this upstart king was no threat. Having said that, Herod also decided to help the wise men find this king, if there was such a one. After all, a little inside intelligence would help him eliminate any other potential contenders to his throne. As Matthew tells us, Herod was troubled, and when he was troubled, all Jerusalem was troubled with him. Herod had a reputation. He was not afraid to shed blood to make his ends. This was a very well-known character trait of his by this point. And so he asked his counselors where he could expect such a child. And they, knowing their scriptures, knowing the words of the prophet Micah, quickly answered Bethlehem. So Herod sent the wise men away to Bethlehem with a stern warning that they should let him know everything when they got back. A detailed report, after all, would mean a surgical removal of the threat to his throne. As the wise men left, they were a little concerned as to how to find this baby. But Matthew tells us, Behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That last sentence is beautiful. It's almost impossible to translate into English because Matthew uses like three different words for joy in a row he heaps it up to show just how joyful those wise men were their happiness to see the star to have it guide them to the place where Jesus was was uncontainable and now here comes the critically important part when the wise men saw Jesus They did something that nobody else had yet done. They bowed down and worshiped him. They treated him for who he was, God in the flesh, the epiphany, for that is what epiphany means. The shepherds didn't worship Jesus. They came to see what the angels had told them. but They didn't worship him, but the wise men, not being Jewish, had no such impediments. They knew what the star had told them was that God had come to earth, and as such, they worshiped him. They presented to this baby gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, these rich gifts being our signal, by the way, on why this must have happened after the presentation in the temple. They gave to Jesus most precious gifts, gifts befitting a God, gifts befitting a king. Gifts of great richness. And yet gifts which also foreshadowed what Jesus had come to do. No, these wise men would have no clue that Jesus had come to die to be their savior from sin. And yet their gifts point forward to that wonderful truth so powerfully. They gave Jesus gold. The most precious of metals in the ancient world still today a precious metal a symbol of permanence and steadfastness gold was refined in those days by heating it alongside salt and thus burning away its impurities jesus was tried and tested in gethsemane in jerusalem and on the cross and remained pure throughout taking the dross of the world's sin and burning it away jesus is as good as gold For he is God in the flesh. They gave Jesus frankincense, that glorious scent, that rare perfume, that powerful fragrance designated for the sacrificial offering, to make the offering on the Lord's altar a sweet smell before the Lord. So Jesus likewise is the powerful fragrance, the perfect offering before the Lord. Jesus offered up his body for your sins, for mine, for the sins of the world. And he was accepted by his father as the sufficient offering for the world's sin. In offering the frankincense to the baby Jesus, the wise men indicated that they knew he had some special standing before God, or indeed was God himself. And they gave Jesus myrrh, Myrrh was also a precious, expensive fragrance, yet one associated more with death than with life, especially among the Jews. Myrrh was an aromatic resin, which they used as part of their burial preparations. In fact, we hear from the apostle John in his gospel that myrrh was part of the preparation that Nicodemus, the secret disciple of Jesus who had come to him by night, who also served on the Sanhedrin, had made for anointing Jesus' body after his death. And so even here, in the splendor and the joy of the birth of Jesus, his early childhood, the Magi brought gifts which pointed forward to how Jesus would truly become their king and ours. The Magi's gifts pointed forward to Jesus' coronation as king by Pilate the crown of thorns he would wear, the cross upon which he would be lifted. The wise men's gifts pointed towards the death that Jesus would die for you and me, so that we could be made part of his holy and eternal kingdom. This then is the special role that the wise men play in the overall Christmas story. For when they departed, they were warned not to return to Herod. This set Herod off in a rage caused Jesus and his family to leave to Egypt until the reign of terror was ended. Without the wise men, Jesus would never have gotten to retrace the journey to Egypt and back into the promised land. So this day, as we celebrate Epiphany, we give thanks to God for what the journey of the wise men (coughs) shows us about the baby born for us that Jesus has indeed been born to be our perfect sacrifice and our King, the one who would die for our sins and rise to give us eternal life. As we share today in his Holy Supper, we give praise and honor to Jesus, the true God and true man, truly born for us and for our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.